gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome back to chapter four of Jake and David's Kindness Adventure. I am your host, David Vaughn, alongside my illustrious and beautifully coiffed co-host, Mr. Jake Botel. Jake, how are things for you in your little island of the world? Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic down here. Um, <laughs> pleased to be reporting to you from the southern colonies um we still find ourselves under british rule uh we'll see how that works out for us i hear you guys had great success doing your thing um yeah but we're a cracking day down here yeah fantastic i understand that you are uh, enjoying the benefits of the end of daylight saving time how is that jacking with your body today yeah this is the one i don't like this is the one where i lost the hour you know, I, I like that saying you you brought up about, is it, was it a Native American saying that, you know, if you cut the end off a blanket and sew that onto the bottom of the blanket, you don't have a longer blanket. Well, that's how I feel about daylight savings is we're like, we're really not gaining anything. I lost some sleep. I'm a, gr I'm a grumpy old man about it, but I'm sure I'll be fine in like two days. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, we're, we, we will, well, and, and that hour is apparently somewhere in the nether because it won't get here for another six weeks or so. It's so, a conspiracy of gonna... some sort. I don't know what they do with that hour, but it's a conspiracy. I think they're stockpiling the hours somewhere. Um, I don't know who or who, like, I don't know who they are, but that's my theory. That's my working theory at the moment. I mean, I'm just adding another the... conspiracy theory to the conspiracy theory bucket at this point in time. It's the British. Ab exactly. Exactly. It's the Queen. The Queen has a time vault under Buckingham Palace. It's how she maintains her eternal youth. I mean, obviously, she looks remarkably youthful if you've seen the Queen recently. Oh, yes. I, you know, I, you know I, I hope to look like that when I'm what, 99. Is that what she is now? Yeah, when I, get, 99 when I get to 150, I want to look like that as well, you know. Um, <laughs> good old Queenie. <laughs> See, and, and we're off to a ripping start on Absolutely. this one. Um, yeah. for, 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 those of, for those of you that are, are listening uh, to this, uh, my abject apologies. Uh, and uh, for those of you that are uh, watching um, get out of here, FBI. Um, but yeah. uh, no, we are we are joined today by uh, a guest, and it's a very special guest. Um, 
and you'll find out in just a minute just how special she is. Um, but uh, it's uh, my daughter, Cadence, who is uh, going to be joining us tonight, where she's going to be offering hey. us her perspective on life as, you know, and and she's going to she's going to set both of us straight on how things are. Cadence, how are you doing this fine, lovely, beautiful, cool autumn evening? That was a lot of adjectives. Um, I'm doing fantastic. Um, yeah, just kind of just big money chilling, man. <laughs> I need. Yeah, that's how I need to be chilling. Absolutely. He is big money chilling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> My. Uh, my, my bank account disagrees with that assessment, but yes. Uh, <laughs> Mine too. Fantastic. Oh, my God, oh, gosh. I'm chilling, but I don't have the big money side of it. As, uh, uh, yeah, no. The queen's taken that as well. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble with parliament here anytime now. That's um, right. They've got other things like, to hey, worry about. <laughs> one would think. One would think. Um so it's been a minute since we've done one of these and um i hate i hate to do i hate to be a downer right off the bat but uh we actually got some pretty unfortunate news concerning uh tannin the uh the son of our last guest host ian uh, uh loopy who was on with us and they're having that that strong fight uh with with Tannen to, to overcome uh, leukemia and they got some bad news on their uh, on their marrow transplant. They've found that it's coming back and they've they've been forced with the the absolutely terrible decision of do we continue to fight or do we just let it go and and go for quality of life. And it's it's something that Jake, you and I talked about it and you know, I can't, I, I can't, as a, as a dad myself, I can't even fathom being in that situation. I, I, like, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. And it's, it, you know, that's rare for me. I always have something to say, but I, you know, but you know, that's one of those where I like, I don't even know how to react to that. I like the, you know, what, what, what can I possibly say that's going to be of any good to anybody, you know? Well, I mean, it all depends, you know, what, 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 what is, what are the things that we say that can be good to anybody in, in any situation like this? Um, you know, I think, I think anything we say in some ways is at the same time not helpful at all. And at the same time, entirely essential and helpful. Um, you know, right. I think that, you know, I saw, you know, Ian, um, you know, basically just break that news on Facebook sort of thing. And such, it's always, you know, hard to see that. And also amazing to see the, the comments and support that flood in. Um, and I'm sure everyone has the same thought, like what, what can you say? You know, um, but I think anything we say in support in these situations for people who are going through something unimaginable is it's essential. It's essential because it lets you know that your tribe is there for you. Um, even if they can't be physically there, even if they, you know, can't, you know, make a tangible, you know, impact on a situation, you know, I think it, it means a lot to know. I, 
sort of, I guess, leads me to think about some stuff. Um, I was watching <clears> some, <throat> some um, football and I heard a guy talk about, you know, how they had empty stadiums last year. Now, you know, it, I guess it, it took me back to thinking about empty stadiums and empty streets and empty restaurants. And, and it, as we start to gain gatherings back, it made me realize how important gathering is to humanity. Like that is like being able to be with your tribe, be with your pack, to have other people around is so important. So I think this is, this is a part of that. You know, even if we can't be there, um, geographically, I think it's important that we say say stuff, even if we don't get it right, you know, with what we say. I think it's the action of saying that's important most of the time. That's my right, opinion. right, and 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 there is that. There's you know, you know, just make it known. Hey, we are there. We are supporting you, uh, and you know, kind of digging into that topic just a little bit. We talk, you know, first of all what um are, are you guys still on lockdown there in in your state are they uh, what, what's what's the status for you because last time we spoke it was still pretty ugly there yeah it's an interesting one like at this point i uh, i've stopped being super involved in all the intricacies of it i kind of understand enough about what's going on as far as lockdowns to know how i can operate you know within you know, safe and healthy framework for myself, my family, friends, and, and my community, but I'm not following every heartbeat of the, you know, of the lockdown rules, as in, I'm not across at all. I know enough to, to, to be within the regulations, but I'm not hanging on every word of like, oh, we've got this particular type of shop open now. I'm sure the people whose lives are impacted by that are, but it, it's tough. Um, I think we're in a situation now where, yeah, like we, we still can't have people over to visit at this point in time. Um, we are though able to do a lot more things going out, you know, to cafes and stuff, which all comes back down to the contact tracing. I imagine, you know, it's easy for a restaurant to contact trace if they have that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So it's tough at the moment. I think it's it's really heartening to see the vaccine rates um, in Victoria, <clears throat> which is really good. Um, so that's one thing. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's really been good to see the vaccine uptake, um, and particularly in our own community, my little community. I think it's about up to eighty percent of eligible people have been vaccinated now. So hopefully it's hopefully it's on the up, and we're on the other side of it. What about you guys? Right. So. Uh, I just saw something the other day that said that 88% of Americans have had at least one dose of the vaccine. And that number really surprised me. I didn't think it would be anywhere yeah. near that high. But they've also said that they're, I guess they've done all sorts of national polls and said that 12% are not going to take it. Well, if you have 88% that are vaccinated, mm. or that are vaccinated at 12% that aren't going to do it, you've got everybody yeah and so so i think whatever whatever we have now is what we have now um i would kind of like to throw uh I, i'm, I'm going to throw it over to cadence here for a second i'll put you on the spot real quick um 
So, Cadence, you had over the summer, you had the opportunity to tour the country uh, uh, doing a doing a competitive uh, drum and bugle course circuit. But you guys had some pretty strict guidelines on what you could and could not do, who could come see you, who could not come see you. Um, when you were in public, what you could do, what you could not do. Um, can you speak to some of that as far as like what, like, like first of all, what it was like, and secondly, what what the mood of the the group was because your group was young you know you're talking with your group is kids 12 to 18 or 19 years old and other than your group of like 40 performers they couldn't talk to anybody mm. aside from like text messaging so can you kind of talk about some of that experience that you had over the summer I mean me personally I didn't really have an issue with it I kind of like I understand what the purpose of it was um, no one really had an issue with it. Um, a few people did at the beginning, but then they kind of would just like, it kind of just went right over because like, you know, the end of the season is there before you know it. And so like, you're going to see your parents either way. And so a lot of people were kind of like, you know, more so like distraught by the fact that like, what do you mean we can't go sit with our parents after a performance? Um, but I think it, the, everybody was pretty understanding about it. And um, it is, it was a bit weird um to you know kind of just stay in your little bubble um because that was that was kind of our big thing you know staying in the little bubble don't break the bubble don't go somewhere where you could possibly break the bubble because especially since we had a shortened season um one person getting it would mean the end of our season um because one person spreads to two two goes to four four goes to eight and then that's the entire core um i mean there's not only eight of us but i mean and right. the large scale of things and so I mean, like, it was a little weird. We had to wear masks everywhere. Um, we had to wear masks in enclosed spaces. Um, we never ended up wearing masks while we were performing. Um, uh, everybody was fully vaccinated. There were a couple people who got their second vaccine during tour. Um, there was there was only one person who didn't get the vaccine, um, and we still took pre uh, precautions about that. Um, they ended up having to wear a mask kind of just everywhere they didn't mind it too much though they had like different like performance masks and like workout masks I don't know it was weird um but no one really minded it wasn't a huge it wasn't a big deal um we did we had to do weekly COVID tests but it wasn't like you know stab your brain it was just like around the nostril and then you just put it in liquid and they tell you you're all right um but I think just like on the communication side of it um, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty different, um, because especially like in lot, you know, that's like you're in the parking lot, you're just like trying to warm up, you got cores all around you, um, on a normal season, you could like go talk to somebody else, your parents could come up and watch you, um, like you could like talk with friends, um, we had to kind of stay in our own little enclosed area, people couldn't come within like 10 to 12 feet of our little area, um, they could watch from outside of that, um, but they couldn't come any closer. I know um, Pitt had to have like caution tape around their stuff because they have a bunch of equipment that is larger than six feet. And so they don't want people, you know, coming to their equipment either because they have to haul that around everywhere. And um, so we could, we couldn't really talk to people. I mean, like you could, but it wasn't like, you know, formal. Um, you have to like yell it across the parking lot or you just had, like text them, call them, FaceTime something. Um, but I mean, like, it was, we ended up having a whole season with it. 
And I think just like, you know, a shortened season with a little less communication is better than having a shortened season that turns into no season at all. Because there were a couple of cores that had to end up shutting down, you know, four or five weeks in because they didn't take, you know, precautions and they got, you know, a couple of people got COVID, they all got COVID, then they had to shut down, you know, a few weeks before Indy. And so either way, it's just like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal um, really for like, you know, in like the grand scheme of drum corps. It's, it's really cool. Like, I think hearing like, like you said, you know, it's a small thing in the scheme of things that, you know, and, and it's better to have a shortened season or, a, you know, a, you know, a, um, a modified season than to have none at all. Like something I've really taken away from this whole experience is just the, the depth of adaptability and, um, and positivity ultimately too of, of human beings. Like we're able to keep finding ways to, see the best in a situation um but like i am i was interested to like cadence obviously um you're probably a little bit younger than david and <laughs> david and i um uh like what has this whole like almost two years now i guess 18 months what's it been like for for, for yourself like how has it impacted um you know the life of a teenager in rural Oklahoma. Like what, do you have any sort of takeaways and thoughts about this whole living through a global mm -hmm. pandemic? I think, you know, for me personally, like it, like, you know, like when they were like, all right, COVID, I was like, nice. And then they were like masks. And I was like, all right, Okay. Like it, like it kind of, it, nothing ever was like, I was never like mad about anything. Like they were like, we recommend a vaccine. I was like sick. And I got both. Um, and then they were like, you should wear a mask. And I was like, okay. And then I forgot to take it off in the car. So like, I, I was never, <laughs> there was never really like a whole, like, I don't want to do that because it's not what I'm used to. And like, I personally, I really like masks, <laughs> not because like, you know, like, I don't know, just, I, I really like them because like, they kind of, I'm, I'm weird. Right. And so like, me too. like things like are going through, I talk to myself. I, <laughs> I'll like, I'll like lip sync to music that I'm listening to. And when I have a mask on, nobody knows. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, and yeah. also like winter months, like winter, fall months that keep my face warm. <laughs> yeah. Like, Honestly, and I really like, I really like them. It's like, you know, I, I don't have much of a deal with it. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's a little like, you know, nice. I can't go to my store, but like, I mean, I mean, especially like out, like in rural Oklahoma, we don't do much anyways. Yeah. So nothing really changed. Like, especially around here. Cause like we, you know, our school shut down a little bit, mm -hmm. like for a couple weeks, but I mean, that was about it. That was like the worst that I got. And so I think this, this entire thing hasn't really affected me much at all. Um, I think it also, it, it gave me um, like, there were more positives to this than negatives for me personally. I know like a lot of people like lost a lot of loved ones mm -hmm. and um, they like, you know, it's like messed up their senses, like since they got it and it's been like a year and a half. Um, but me personally, I never ended up getting it. Um, and I think for, there were more, 
there were more positives for me than there were negatives because it gave me a lot of time to like, you know, self-reflect and to like, you know, help myself because, you know, even though I'm a teenager, right, and I don't have much life on me, I, there, there is still like, you know, things that come with the teenager, you know, like, you know, struggling with like mental health and like, you know, um, how you view yourself. And so I think that, you know, being home, being like alone most of the time, um, I got to like, and my parents probably think I've been sitting in my room on my phone the entire time. Um, but like, <laughs> now we're going I, to David to comment. <laughs> I was never, I was, I mean, obviously I was on my phone a little bit because what else am I going to do? But like most of the time I was like in my room and I was just kind of like journaling or drawing or like figuring out new hobbies that I like or like meditating. I picked up meditating real quick. I do that all the time. Um, Awesome. And so, like, just this whole thing has kind of, like, made me a better person. Because, like, I mean, there's not much to grow when you don't know what you're doing in the first place. But I will say that I, I for sure, have become a better person than I was, like, you know, one and a half, two years ago. Mm. So. That's, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <clears throat> I, I, I'm kind of keen. I've got my own thoughts, but I'll go to you first, David, like. What are your own thoughts like about about that? Have you found this a time for of like self reflection or self improvement? Like what what's it been like for you? Oh, I'm so much better now. No, um, <laughs> no, I um, <laughs> no, I um, what, what I've what I've uh, kind of taken from all of this, um, it has a it, it, it's kind of forced me to take stock of my own well being. And to really kind of notice when I'm not doing as well, whether it's physically, emotionally, whatever. Um, and I think that's I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that I've had from all of this is I'm more self-aware emotionally than I ever was before. Uh, and you know, and I'm I'm grateful for that. You know, that's that's a good thing. And I think I think that's something that societally you know, and maybe even universally at this point is something that has really kind of taken a forefront is, you know what, mental health is a thing that needs to be kept up just as much as your physical health. Um, and, and I think that realization for me is something that, that has kind of been the biggest takeaway. Um, I can confirm Cadence's theory that yes, we were fairly certain that all she was doing in a room was being on her phone. Um, <laughs> but you notice, you notice that, and for those of you listening, you can't see this, but uh, Cadence has a very eclectic looking room. I don't know um, what very cool. And, um, and yeah, but, but you know, that's something that she did over the summer. Uh, you'll notice her University of Melbourne pennant in the background over there. Um, so. Hey, Melbourne. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, but um, but yeah, it's if you know, I've gotten to do a lot more composing over this uh, period of time. Uh, so there's that, and that's always been very very therapeutic for me. Uh, plus, I've been able to have a lot more one-on-one -on -one time with each of the kids, and that's been super important too. Mm. Um, when they'll when they'll hang out with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> But that's like, I just drag her on podcasts with me. So, you know, that's, it's good. Um, that's right. But yeah, no. And, you know, and, and I will say that, that I think each of us, you know, each of the three of us here right now, um, really probably only 
have the rural perspective of it, other than you have family that live in the city, correct, Jake? Um, I mean, yeah, I've got some relatives who do, but but as far as like my immediate family and my immediate friendship circle, um, yeah, we're all we're all rural. Um, so that that is a good point that I was sort of thinking about when Cadence said like, you know being in rural Oklahoma like we don't do that much hasn't changed that much I mean that's really the, the the biggest thing that's changed for me is not being able to meet up with people like that's it that's the difference not being able to have people over and and work but you know I've never been the sort of I wasn't you know I don't go and hit the pub every weekend you know it's not like it gets to friday night and i'm like excellent knockoff time let's go crack a few beers down or let's go to the club or let's like it's not where i'm at so i um yeah i think if anything it's made me very thankful to live where i live to live sort of in the middle of nowhere it's made me thankful um to have the time it's interesting i feel like i'm having more realizations now as we're you know potentially about to come back out of this you know for me of kind of going well what's what sort of person do i want to re-emerge as like what sort of person what sort of society do i live in what sort of stuff do i want to do what sort of things are important to me because we've had this big pause and now it's all about to speed up again. There's going to be the invitation, I guess, for life to speed up again, increase velocity um, and, and saturation of things. And it's like, what do I want to retain and what do I want to let go? Um, and it's a, t- it's a tough balance. Like it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. And another thing off the top of my head that I'm really grateful for, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with the two of you if it wasn't for COVID really. I mean, David, you and I sort of met just as COVID um, was, was, was sort of happening. And, you know, it's been amazing to, to make this friendship um, over, yes. over the time. And so I'm thankful for all sorts of things. Thankful for the natural world that I live in, the beauty and the, just how how amazing the the natural environment is and at the same time grateful for the ability to choose to use technology when i want to reach out to people but it's a balance Mm. because i think you can easily get sucked into this thing of and i do like i might like i i think i spent by my own judgment I spend more time than I should on screens. You know, I spend more time in the digital world, um, not interacting with people, but interacting with, you know, digital um, paraphernalia <laughs> than, than I do interacting with, you know, people. Um, and so that that's going to be discipline from me, I think. I think like everything, you know, we all have a choice about how we do it. But yeah, I definitely relate to both of what you've said about mental health and, and an opportunity and that ultimately a lot more I've had positives come out of this experience as well, while acknowledging that it's right. been hell for, for many people. Right. Well, it, and you know, and uh, you and I, you and I have had the talk, you were, um, uh, you were kind of 
kicking around the idea of, of a career reboot. Mm. And I think that, you know, you're not alone in that. You know, I, I think that a lot of people are using this opportunity to kind of do that. They've been away from work, a lot of people in some cases for a year and a half now, and they've had time to think, you know what? Did I really like the career that I was in before? Did I really like the job that I had? And a lot of people are kind of rebooting right now and be like, you know what? No, you know, and something else that's happened is that a lot of people have kind of scared mortality in the face and it scares them. And they're like, you know what? If I'm going to make the most of my life, what I'm doing right now is not it. And I think a lot of people are, are kind of resetting that. They're, they're kind of hitting that reset button. I think it's, you know, I think it's, I, I think it's in that aspect, I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I do think that in some ways, People are getting stir crazy and you're getting people that they're getting more and more vitriolic. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not good. But, you know, I think by and large, individuals are handling it well. People are not. I think individuals are doing okay. And um, so when you see, you know, when you have like, because you notice you don't have problems when it's, two people, five people, 10 people. It's when you start getting the masses of people together that all of a sudden, now we have problems because people want to be stupid. Um, and so, you know, there, there's that. But, you know, I, um, I, th I think something that, you know, and, you know, and Jake, you hit on is, you know, the perspective that you and I have to be very different from the perspective that Cadence has. And Cadence's trek through this is going to be different than ours. And, on top, of, on top of being a teenager in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, oh, by the way, I'm going to go on a national tour and, you know, play in the Indianapolis Colts Stadium in front of 30,000 people and, you know, um, 30,000 masked people. Um, but, um, you know, so that was, you know, and, and, you know, as a dad, there was a certain element of pride in that. But um, I think that, you know, I, I think that that something that I, I think is coming out of this and I hope it's coming out of it and you know thinking and hoping and wishing those are all great things but you know if if it actually comes to fruition even better but I think I think that by and large people are more aware of other people than they were 18 months ago and I, I feel like that's a good thing and I think that that if that continues once we get through this assuming we get through this you know assuming it doesn't go on in perpetuity <laughs> Uh, then, you know, I, you know, I, I think it'll be good. Um, our uh, cadence, have you noticed in your end, like an increase in like social media friendships, like, like meeting people that you haven't actually met face to face is like, is it, is that something that, cause I know you're on social media, but you don't necessarily have a huge social media presence is like have you like met a lot of people gotten to know a lot more people uh, through this um you know not really actually like my friend group has kind of stayed exactly the same um you know if we're speaking truthfully i've actually kind of my friend group instead of like increasing it has actually kind of decreased you know with like the going back to like the whole like self-reflecting you know you kind of just like realize hey i don't need these people in my life and then you kind of like buy and so like you know it's kind of stayed exactly the same i don't really do i don't really 
you know, online friendships, like, isn't, I don't have too many of those. I have like one, maybe two. <laughs> mm. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I find it hard to like try and make friends over strictly social media. Mm. Right. Uh, well, I, I think, know, like, like Jake. Oh, go ahead, Jake. No, I was going to say, I think it's a, that's a, it's a really interesting point. Like, um, like I was actually thinking like the, the idea of social media presence and that sort of thing and um, managing a Twitter account for the, for the other podcast I do the the John Katz one. Um, it's, it's interesting because I find myself ending up in these really toxic um, interactions with people. And, you know, I'm sort of going, on the one part of me, it's like, oh yeah, this is part of show building. You know, I, I, you know, you need to put yourself out there and you need to engage. You got to build engagements. You've got to have a presence. And at the same time, feeling like the presence of joy being sucked out of, you know, what you're doing and, and, and sort of thinking about like, well, I didn't start <coughs> doing this. You know, the reason I started doing a, you know, the podcast is, <clears throat> because I enjoy talking football with my brother and our brother from another mother, um, you know, Johnny Larkin, like, and I don't really care what all these people on Twitter have to say, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's really like we record it, we put it up. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, then they don't have to listen to it. But I find myself, with this pressure of like, oh, I've got to build the audience. I've got to engage. I've got to, you know, these people might be, you know, interacting in a nasty way, but at least it's helping increase. And, it, you know, the audience, and then you sort of go, this is absurd. Like, you know, the reason I started doing this was because I like talking football and I thought other people might enjoy what we have to say. It's really never been about asking other people what they think. You know what I mean? And, and obviously people have, you know, interesting perspectives, but that wasn't the primary reason of starting. And so I guess you start thinking about friendships. Like what, what do you need out of a friendship? What do you want out of a friendship? And I think one of the, the great things about this friendship that I've like built with you, David, completely, you know, devoid of any sort of, you know, geographical, um, proximity sort of thing like it's, it's all been digital it's all been online I think it's been great to 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 sort of <clears throat> discuss things there's sort of been no real it, it, there's been a le- I think there's a level of compassion involved in it as in where we're very different, like we come from, you know, incredibly different backgrounds, but I feel like it's been to me a good example of how you can have, when, when two people have compassion for difference, you can actually, you can build something. The problem I think we face with online friendship and online interaction is in most cases, it's actually very difficult to find other people online who are, actively practicing compassion for difference um you know and and so i I totally get where you're coming from cadence like with you know it what are online friendships in the vast majority um 
I think it's really difficult because most of our interactions on social media come at, you know, opposite ends of, you know, philosophical battle lines, you know, I mean, we're arguing about something philosophical or, you know, theoretical or political or religious and you don't see the other person, you know, so, so it's very hard to, to build it. Yeah. Mm. Right. If, and I'll be, I'll be really quick to, to admit, you know, the, the way that this has worked out with you and I, Jake, that it's, it's, it's an anomaly. This is, this is not normal. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, it doesn't typically work out that way. And um, I, goodness, I, you know, I, you know, I mean, from our first conversation that we had, you know, I think I mentioned even at the end of that, that I felt like I'd known you for 10 years. And, um, you know, even though, you know, we do have very different backgrounds and, you know, we've, you know, we don't even share hemispheres, north, south, east, or west, you know, <laughs> right. you know, we, we, well, we, we don't, we don't share it. We don't share any of that. We don't even, yeah. we, we don't even share the day three quarters of the time. No. If, you know, so I mean, you know, we, we can't even agree on a season for goodness sake, but, um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where, and, and I think kind of building on what you said, Jake, and also you cadence is I think a lot of people, you know, they, they become keyboard warriors, you know, it's like, it's like you're emboldened because, well, I can say this to you, but I don't actually have to say it to you. Mm. And, and you know you know and so you get that and so you know people become big and bad when they get behind the keyboard and they they say stuff that maybe they mean it maybe they don't mean it you know who knows and you know there's you know that's another that's another discussion for another day you know is you, you know you know you know do people even mean most of what they say on 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 social media or not and you know i've had my fair share of of negative and toxic interactions with people on on social media and you know it's not you know i'm you know i'm i'm gonna speak my mind but on on the flip side i'm you know i'm not like i don't like to get personal with people and i and i think that's things like you get so many people when you have online interactions with people that you've never met you know for whatever reason our senses are heightened and like we take everything personally like someone says something to us it's personal or you know the other thing is that nuance is lost when when you go back and forth like if i'm being sarcastic over a text message or over a private message or over a facebook message or something is that come is that even going to come across mm. you know i don't know well sarcasm is a medium that i dwell in i i live there and you know and i've had it happen frequently where i say something and the other person gets mad and it's like, hey, I was, that was a joke. I didn't actually mean, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of, we, we look at this situation that we're in now. And, you know, you're, you're right. And, and I mean, the whole reason that we even do this podcast is kind of in response to what you were referencing, Jake, where it's like, you know, you get sucked into these, toxic conversations that you don't want to be a part of mm. you know and it's not like you went looking for a fight um and you know and, and that's that's why we started doing this in the first place it was kind of like look it is entirely possible to have someone that you have 
a very different background and upbringing from and still be kind and still, you know, be human to one another, mm -hmm. you know, and how many times do you see people treating other people like they're not even people at all. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, we see it at our level. I work in the school system. I see it at Cadence's level and I don't want any part of that. And, you, you know, that's, that's not, you know, that's not really, not really okay. I, you know, and, you know, I, I don't, you know, you know, all of my degrees in psychology here, you know, um, I, I've, you know, I don't understand what people go for, like the attack first thing. I, I, I don't understand this. I, other than, you know, they're insecure about themselves maybe, but you know, what, you know, what, what I would be curious to see is, you know, maybe, maybe Cadence and then Jake, um, your, your experiences with how to maybe diffuse a toxic conversation that you maybe can't get your way out of, you know, how, how, how do you go about diffusing those conversations? And then from there going and maybe even possibly turning it into a positive. I think, okay. So funny story. I was going to say this anyways. Um, so funny how that worked out. Um, but I think, you know, it's one big circle. Okay. <laughs> We're going back to reflecting. And um, I think I, so I do, I, I hate like toxic conversations. I hate like, I hate like anything with negativity in it. I am like, I don't know. I don't know. Give me a tree, call me a hippie, but I hate just anything toxic. And so I, I wouldn't consider myself a peacemaker at all. No, I would love to, I would love for other people to hear my side of the story, but I would extremely, I would very much say that I am like, I don't know, like a, I don't know what you call that. Like, like a neutralizer. Like I, yes, I want them to hear my side, but I also would, I kind of just like bring it from up here to down here. <laughs> like I, I make it, I go from like toxic to like regular conversation. And I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. I'm horrible with words. Um, it's not my strong suit, I'm better at math. Um, but like, <laughs> I think like just, you know, cause especially with like, you know, the whole like COVID thing, you like wear a mask, get vaccinated. A bunch of people are like throwing a fit about it. And like, I'm just here, big money chilling. And especially when like one of my friends kind of like brings it to my attention and they're like, yeah, masks are dumb. Like, I mean, sure. I want you to hear my side, but let's talk about cheese. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just like my, my specialty is changing the topic. And um, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like, neutralizing the conversation because i i don't like to hold grudges i don't like to get mad at people um i don't get mad at people i'm i'm not very sure how you can attest to that dad but i don't i don't like to get i don't like to get mad at people i don't get mad at people if i get mad at you you're doing something wrong and um and so like i just neutral just neutral i just i, I don't have a side <laughs> she's super humble too <laughs> Whoa, no. well, I think um, 
uh, something I wrote down earlier was about exhibitionism. I think something that that happens a lot on social media is, you know, we, th- you know, we think it's a meeting place. It's actually an arena. You know, it it's it's really this place where, um, yes, you're interacting, but you're interacting in front of a lot of people. Like, let's face it, most of our, I mean, from my perspective anyway, most of my toxic interactions on Facebook come in comment sections on posts. They don't come in private messages from people. Um, so there's this there's this sense of for a lot of people there's a lot of eyes watching. So if, for instance, I put up a, you know, a, a post, um, you know, saying got my first vaccine shot today, feeling good about that. That's now out there. That's now been put into the arena. And now anybody who has a, a, a view in agreement feels that, okay, I'm going to wave the flag as well. Good on you, Jake. Anyone who thinks that, I'm an idiot for going and getting vaccinated now feels obliged to comment. Both sides of the equation feel obliged to comment because there is, this has been raised in the arena. There are now eyes on it. Everyone feels that they need to say something to stand up for, for what they believe in. And I think too, that disagreement on the internet is kind of a form of entertainment for a lot of people. I think a lot of people it's, um, actually, Joe Rogan had this great quote, which was um, about recreational outrage on the internet um, and in life. And I think I think that's really accurate. I think a lot of people are outraged for recreation. You know, it's it's a it's a pastime. It's something that they enjoy doing, and then they leave it. Um, as far as like diffusing a toxic conversation, um, I find it. I can walk away from conversations. Um, I, I guess I try and remember that old adage that it's probably not about me, you know, um, no matter what it is, even if they're saying it's about me, it's probably not, um, you know, it, it's probably not about me. Um, I think diffusing things isn't the part that I find tough. The hard thing for me is letting go of that part of me that remains in the conversation you know so someone says something to you someone has a go at you someone you know says you're an idiot because you believe in whatever and you're like cool man whatever and you walk away i think the hard thing then is processing the emotion that's left over i should have said this i should have said that i look weak for not saying something and standing up i look weak because they had the last word i look weak because whatever I think that's the hard thing for me. I, I, a little bit like you, Cadence, I guess that I, I often find myself as a, it's like something of a neutralizer. I don't like conflict. I don't enjoy conflict. And, you know, in most cases, my instinct is to try and neutralize the conflict find, and find a point of agreement with people. But I do find it hard to let go of the emotion of it afterwards. I think that's, that's, you know what, what I find difficult. I you know and and yeah, it's you know one of those things because especially if it's confrontational, you know, once you've let it go and it, it still kind of sits there and it's just kind of seething, and you know, twelve hours after the fact, you come up with the perfect burn, 
And you're like, at this point, what good is possibly going to come from that? Because all they have to do then is turn around and respond, oh, yeah, it took you 12 hours to come up with that. And then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know and, and, and now you're right back in it again. You know, and, and I think something else, too, is I actually, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a utopianistic view for my part. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think that there is as much intended conflict as there is actual conflict. And what I mean by that is I think sometimes people may even be on the same side of an argument, but they're not understanding each other. And so if you know, it turns toxic, like the example that I shared with you the other day was there was a guy that was looking for a job in South Carolina. And I happened to know someone in South Carolina that worked in that industry. And I was, and I, and I posted, I'm like, Hey, name redacted what do you know about this or, or, or can you help me out with this or, or, or something like that and the guy responded well, what do you mean by that yeah. the, the original post said well, what do you mean by that i'm like i mean he lives in the area has the job you're wanting and he can help you out you know it was like yeah. you know and i thought we had i thought we had a, a classic interaction the other day um we've learned in the last 18 months that there are words that are different here and there mm. you know and uh like i i still think one of my favorites is ute mm. um because ute here is a native american tribe and a ute in australia is a car a truck like a pickup you truck. know <laughs> right yeah. and so you know and so we were talking the other day about uh for, for our listeners that that maybe are not familiar with your other podcast um mm. we we're talking about uh guernseys a Guernsey versus a Jersey. And I asked you if the terms were interchangeable. And I said, because here, a Guernsey is a cow. And you said it was funny because in Australia, there's a Jersey cow. We have cows that are Jersey. You know, and so, yeah. you know, and so, you know uh, but, you know, and so, you know, you have this and, you know, you and I have the kind of relationship that we can kind of be like, okay, <laughs> okay, explain this to me. Because a lot of times, you know, in a, in a in an online setting, you just get a snapshot of whoever, and if it's even wow. remotely confrontational to start, hmm. you're not getting it back. Um, do you think? I think too. Like, we 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 decide to argue about some weird stuff online. I mean, I guess and in person as well, but I think it happened a lot. I certainly feel like I've run into a lot more argument online um, than in person with people like the things we generally fight about are politics, religion, social issues, etc. They're very strange things, particularly, I mean, particularly religions are a strange one to argue about because I mean, from, from my perspective, I mean, you both might have different perspectives on this, but for me, my, my religious, my spiritual beliefs are mine and I don't really see what impact they have on anybody else. I mean, I live by a kind of thing that if it makes me feel good and it doesn't do anybody else any harm, then I'm not going to stop doing it. So, you know, if there was something, you know, uh, that was impacting either of those things, then I guess... I'd have to consider, okay, well, does this belief impact other people? But 
for the majority of things I believe, you know, I have spiritual beliefs in about, you know, life, death, birth, whatever. They literally don't impact anybody else. You know, it's, it's something that I believe for me. It's something that I have thoughts about. And yet that's something that, you know, causes a lot of arguments online and to an extent, politi- political beliefs are the same, you know, um, you know, I believe, you know, so if someone believes in some sort of, you know, a higher minimum wage and someone doesn't, well, suddenly we've got to be at loggerheads about it in the chat room. It's like, well, why? Because you're both going to vote at some point. <laughs> if you really want to do something about it, you're going to get personally involved in politics or you're going to, you know, you're going to find someone impacted in the private sector. Like, I think we waste a lot of time arguing with people over a difference in belief. That's my well, you know. Well, and I, I took you know, I've had to, I've had to take a, a few uh, sociology courses in in my day, and you know, I, I, you know, something that they talk about in there is that belief is the single hardest thing to change in another person. Mm. It's also the single hardest thing to have changed about yourself. And so it's like, because, you know, if there's a philosophical difference, all of a sudden it's like, for whatever reason, we choose to take it personally. So you and I are very different politically. Like, you know, I'm, I'm by your standards or by, 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 you know, I think Australian standard in general, I'm probably extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Here in the U.S., I'm kind of more centrist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by our standards, you're pretty far left. You're kind of center left in Australia. Um, but, you know, politically, we don't necessarily see eye to eye. Cadence is a lot more left than I am. And yet here we are, I don't think we've ever fought over anything political ever. And, and we've, we've, we've had a few discussions. And, you know, okay, if we don't see eye to eye on it, I see where you're coming from. You see where I'm coming from. We move on, you know, and, and again, why, why is it? And again, I'd love to hear both of your perspectives. Why, why is it that we can do that, but it seems like the other 6.3 billion people on Facebook can't. Why, 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 why is it that, that people get so hung up on that, that, you know, we can no longer disagree without being enemies. And what, what you know, what I and I'm curious to as see y'all's thoughts on why why that is, and if there's even anything at this point that can be done about it. Did you want to go first, Cadence? <laughs> I'm just thinking. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess um, it's a tough one. Like, like again, I think. Like we're talking about, you know, the, the, the nature of belief, why, you know, why can we put it? And the reality is I can't put it aside all the time. Like that's another thing as well. The reality is I don't talk as um, evenly with everybody. You know, there's a few select people. There's, there are many people who I don't have an involvement with in my life because of how extremely different we are. It's just, I, again, I think it comes down to finding a, a, a foothold of compassion, too, with, with with each other, and 
I think that's the tricky thing is finding an in where, because it's a, it's an act of trust really, I think to, to say, Hey, here's what I believe. I know you believe very differently. And for someone to go, yeah, I do believe very differently. Here's what I believe. I see what you believe and we're very far apart, but Hey, can we have a friendship? Can we have a relationship? Can we, you know, um, that's an act of trust because you're really putting yourself out there. You're prepared, you're being prepared to share, um, you know, personal sort of um, beliefs, I guess, and core, core beliefs, things that, you know, really make up who you are as a person. So it can be vulnerable to share that with people. Why can't people put it? One, I, I mean, if we're going to go really, you know, if Jake's really going to fly his crazy flag, um, which he will, um, you know, and, and that, that is that there's too many of us. This is this, where we, we are not meant to have friendships. In my opinion, I think, I think from an, from an evolutionary sense, from the idea of how we've developed as a species and, and this to me, I mean, I know we'll have listeners who are, you know, who instantly probably go, you know, pro-evolution, anti-evolution, creationism, whatever. I'm talking about where, however we got here, we have definitely developed as a species. There was a time when I needed to maybe know like 50, 60, 70 other people. You know what I mean? And that was the group we lived in. That was the people I had to have interacted with. Only those 70 people impacted my life. You know, that was the tribe of people you found yourself living in. And so things like government, although people would have had disagreements, you're still only trying to get 70 people steered in, in the same direction. You know, now we're up with things like the internet, with the things like, you know, global economics, global politics. We're now talking about kind of a tribe of like 7.8, whatever billion people. For some reason, it feels really important, you know, that, um, you know, a governor in Texas knows exactly how I feel down here in Australia on particular issues. Why? This is an interesting, I think this is an interesting question. And I'm not saying that it doesn't matter, but I'm not prepared to say it does either. Like, I, I find myself getting angry about things and I find people getting angry about things that really, have, that, that they don't have anything directly to, to do with this. Sorry, I'm on, a bit of a, I'm on a bit of a journey here with this thought. It does matter and it doesn't matter in the sense that it doesn't matter if we're living these more local community-based lives where I'm only interacting with the people in my community. But it does make an impact if we are subscribing to the idea of a global society because if we're subscribing to the idea that we're a global society then global things things around the globe impact me because if something happens somewhere then it can happen here because we're all interconnected um it's a for me it's a confusing time it's a confusing time to be a human because we're aware perhaps more than ever there's great mythology around this um, in Norse mythology, um, 
the character of Odin in Norse mythology is way better in Norse mythology than in movies and comic books. So, you know, his central quest in the myth is to obtain absolute knowledge. You know, and he goes through all sorts of journeys and sacrifices and things. He sacrifices his own eye to drink from the well of knowledge, drinks from the well of knowledge. And in drinking from the well of knowledge, understands when his own death is going to be. And then it's like, okay, great. I know it. I know everything, but also I know when I'm going to die. So now I've got to live with this. I get all the knowledge. I know what's happening. And I think there's lots of, you know, cautionary tales around how much, how much knowledge is good for us. Um, I think we're beyond the point of no return in that sense. I don't understand how we're, we're ever going to go back to a time where we don't know what's happening in every corner of the world at every minute of the day, because everyone's got a phone and everyone's got Twitter and everyone is a journalist and, and there's like, that's a double-edged sword. That's good and bad. I guess I'm just throwing out thoughts here. Like this is the scenario we find ourselves living in as humans. Like I know if I want to know what's going on anywhere on the planet right now, I can find out. I can find out what great things are happening. I can find out what horrible things are happening. Well, and then, I'll, then it, I'll tell you over the yeah, go go. I'll, I'll tell you oh, oh, over the summer. Uh, over the summer, I took uh, I took an ethnomusicology class, uh, and uh, we're talking about uh, popular music in Western Africa. Mm. And one of the things that we were asked to do was to listen to a radio broadcast a live radio broadcast in Mali. Mm. And there were like 80 stations and I just clicked on one. And if I liked the music, I would listen to it. And if I didn't like it, I would just pick another station. I'm sitting here thinking, as I'm sitting here listening to this, doing this assignment, I'm like, this is unreal. That literally all I have to do is push a button and I can listen to a local villages radio broadcast 15,000 kilometers away from my house and know exactly what's going on right now. Mm. And like that, that's bizarre to me. And of course, you know, growing up in the era of card catalogs and encyclopedias, if, you know, it, it's even more bizarre. Um, but, you know, it, you know, as far as, you know, uh, your, your, your take of being at the point of no return, I mean, Unfortunately, I mean, there is a point of return even still, mm. but it would be a cataclysmic event that would send us there. Or it's turning our back. You know what I mean? Like, this is the hard thing. Like, I think, what do you do with all this? What do we do with the information? Because I think, as you say, there could be a cataclysmic event that does it. But what does it do for us as humans? to choose to turn away because the cat's kind of out of the bag. Like, what does it mean if I can say, you know, I can Google, I can see everywhere around the world. I can see COVID numbers. I can see death numbers by, you know, for, for starvation and disease at any, you know, there's world counters of this many people have died from this, this many people have died from this, this is going on. There's bombs falling, etc. What happens if what like morally, ethically, what does it mean if I shut it all off and turn away? 
It's a big question. And I'm not pretending like I've got some answer. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I've got no clue. I really don't. It's a really confusing time to be, to be a human being. I think we have the capacity to do incredible things with our mind. And, and, and I think cadence, you're onto the thing. I think meditation, self, self-reflection, you know, we're, we're all about, you know, there's this space race going on at the moment with Tesla, you know, with Elon Musk, we've got to fire rockets up into the air. We've got to get out into outer space. To me, I think it's this inner space that remains unexplored. I think, you know, meditating and going inwards, taking these inner space voyages and going, okay, this is where we're at. This is the planet we find ourselves on. What can we do with all this information? What can I do? I'm, I'm a single unit of energy. I have X amount of resources at my disposal. What can I do with all of this? And I mean, I personally feel like I've got a lot more meditating to do to understand it. I'll tell you what, if you figure that out, let me know. <laughs> what do, yeah, and, and from, 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 your, from your perspective, Cadence, like, because see, I mean, I don't know how involved you are with social media and all that sort of stuff. Um, like, grow, so I've, I've kind of, I feel like I in some ways was like a bridge generation in that I grew up without technology. I grew up without a phone, grew up without internet, all those sort of things. So till I, I didn't get my first mobile phone till I was like 14 or 15. And even then like it sent text messages for 25 cents a text and it played snake. Um, so I feel like I grew up one way and now life has like changed dramatically. Like, yeah. How do you feel about all this stuff? Like being connected theoretically to everyone, knowing all of this information, do you, do you sort of think about this stuff? Do you have feelings about, about the, yeah, this world you find yourself in? I mean, I not really. Like I, I didn't really think about that because I mean, mm. like, Whenever, when I was a kid, I mean, you know, my first phone, I was in like the third grade and it was a flip phone, mm. but uh, it's like, I remember watching like flipping, what do you call that? Like My Little Pony on a CD, yeah. so, or like a DVD, I guess. And so like some of the movies that I watched were also on like a VHS, but so like, I mean, some, most of my, not most, but like a lot of my childhood was like without a phone, mm. but I definitely, I had the internet a lot more than you guys had growing up. Mm. And so I think that like, you know, some of this, like, you know, oh my gosh, talking to somebody like across the world, or I can just look up something on the touch of a button and get the answer. Like, that's mm. not like a big, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause like I use, I use Google like every single day, <laughs> mm. all the time. And I think it also, it, it's not not only is it like I don't really you know think about it much I also it hmm, I guess like the reason that I don't think about it is because of how much that I actively use it because I love asking questions all the time there's always a why or a what or for or like is that something and so like you know I'm using the internet all the time every single day and so like I mean it's not I don't know. It's not like a huge cultural reset for me. Mm. It's just like, I've had it 
you know, at my disposal since I could comprehend things. <laughs> yeah. And you seem to be well, too, and- like in, involved in a lot of like, I mean, just from an outsider's perspective, you seem quite active. Like you had, I don't know, like just obviously talking with your dad and that sort of thing. Like you've got a lot sort of happening. You're, you're, you seem to be involved in the business of life kind of thing of, of, of doing things, which I think is really, really awesome. Like it's really a, a healthy thing. Um, mate, yeah. Like, I'd be interested to know, like, from from your perspective with, like, with your meditation and that sort of thing, is that, like, for you, and sorry if we're changing topic a bit, but is that an active space of, like, going into meditation? Do you use that to think about things at all, or do you use it to clear the mind or is it a mixture of both because i've sort of i've found myself at times doing one thing or the other it's either to try and clear my mind or it's to really focus in and think about things but i've never Mm. done them both at the same time like yeah what how do you use that because it's kind of it's a it's a it's a good tool meditation Mm -hmm. um for me so like my meditation like I don't know, sessions, I guess what you call that lasts about like 20, 30 minutes, long time. It doesn't feel that long, but I just know that it's that long. Mm. And it's kind of like, it's a transition from one thing into another, into another. So the first thing that I do, and it's called the grounding method. And it's basically where you clear your mind and you like ground yourself so that like you are prepared for anything. (laughs) Like you just like, you ground yourself, you clear your mind and you like, you ground yourself to the earth um not you know honestly not literally but like in your mind quite literally um because like you know like a really good way to for the gratitude because you know like you know before you do meditation you should probably like look into it that way you don't like accidentally put yourself into a coma but like yeah you know you know you know do that sometimes but like um for for your grounding method for what i do is to ground myself i think of myself which is this is going to sound really dumb but like it works so but like when you're grounding yourself think of yourself like in like a field like just somewhere and like pay attention to like what you're feeling like the breeze and if it's like cloudy or if it's sunny and like what birds you can hear and then like you ground yourself by imagining like you know like the roots of a tree like taking like like what do you call that like engulfing your foot and then like the roots coming down and like grounding yourself to the earth. And so like, that's kind of like the first stage. And that takes about, that takes most of my time. It takes like 10 minutes <laughs> just yes. by like grounding myself. And what I do is I just clear my mind completely. And I kind of look at everything from like a third perspective view. And so like, I observe my thoughts and I observe what's going on without thinking about it. And so, and then after that, I bring myself back in and like a good like checkpoint is like focusing on your breath to make sure that you're like, you're still like there. And so then you bring yourself back in and then you kind of like listen in a first perspective or like a first, what is it called? First person perspective into like the things around you. And so like, especially cause I only meditate like once or twice a week cause I don't want to overdo it, but like, I want to keep myself sane. And so, um, <laughs> 
the other day, like I meditated a few days ago and it was raining. And, um, so like, uh, when I, I love the rain, so like my window is always open when it's raining. Um, my window still gets wet, but we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but like, I love it when it rains. It's so, like I'm meditating and it's raining. And so I'm listening to my music that's playing in the background and I'm listening to the water that I can hear outside. And I'm listening to like, um, hearing the water, like run through the gutters or whatever we have. And so like, it's, it's kind of like a stage between like ground yourself, clear your mind and then think about everything. Mm. So like, like, so I, it just, I don't really overwhelm myself because like, I know what's going on beforehand. Mm. Um, but it, it, it is a really good way to kind of like keep yourself like it's, it's a very, I don't know how to explain it. It's a very good way to like, keep yourself stable. Mm. to like have like an equilibrium between yourself. And um, I think that's like a big, big deal is that you can't do like, you can't expect to like, make other things stable without making yourself stable mm. so like i can't keep a healthy relationship with my friend if i can't keep a healthy relationship with myself mm. so like that's kind of you know it's like the ripple effect you do one or like the butterfly ripple effect whatever you want to call it like um like you do one thing and then it kind of gradually becomes bigger so like i stable myself my relationships become stable like between my friends or whatever then my grades become stable and then my life has become stable so it's like a big whoop. Yeah, I think I think you've nailed it. I think, and uh, it's good to have those reminders. You know, like I'm sure David, you and I have had this conversation before, where it's like, what can we do? And it's funny, like that. I think that is that that has the that uh, the scent of truth to it is that, like, it starts at home. It's the 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 Gandhi saying, you know, be the change you want to see. Like if I can't do it in myself, if I can't rectify conflict within myself, if I can't know how to love myself, if I can't know how to be compassionate with myself, how am I ever going to do it with another person? How am I going to do it? Yeah. Because imagine if we all did that. Imagine if we all 7.8 billion people around the world did a, you know, 20 minute meditation, a couple of days a week and were able to start working towards stabilizing themselves. And that rippled out. Yeah. I think you're onto something cadence. <laughs> I reckon. Oh, no. Who do you, th who do you think I go? Who do you think I go to for wisdom? <laughs> My wisdom of Big money chill. Um, well, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's your new name from now That's on. That's right. Um, BMC. But, um, I, I think that I think that's something that helps where we live geographically here. Um, if you can see because it, 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 we, we live in an area called the High Plains here here in the United States and it's um, you can literally like I can go to the highway, which is in my front yard and you can see for probably, for our international listeners, probably 250 kilometers in every direction. Mm. For our American listeners, probably 120 to 130 miles in every direction you can see. Mm. Um, and something that I did when we first moved out here about four years ago was I put 
my camera on like a stand or something. And I just walked out to the field and I got a picture of it. And in the picture, I, I'm literally the size of a mustard seed in, the, in this picture with just all of this grandeur around. And I got, as I was looking at this and, and it produced the desired effect, uh, but I just, I got this profound sense of oculism that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm literally nothing. If, you know, what, you know, what am I really, you know, in this immense grandeur and, you know, and it was perspective building for me. It was a reminder that, you know, I'm not more important than anyone or anything else. And, you know, I'm certainly not bigger than anyone or anything else. And, you know, I think that that, you know, kind of perspective building, and, and I think that's a lot of it too, is I think a lot of people think too much of themselves. Um, you know, we, we all know those people that, that you know, they, they think, you know, they, they think too much of themselves. Unfortunately, we also all know people that think too little of themselves. Mm. And, you know, those are the ones that you want to, you know, kind of help, you know, or really is like, don't you see what you are? Mm. But, you know, I do think it's good for us every now and then to kind of get that, you know, that picture in the middle of a field where you're barely visible. Mm. And, you know, I, that, that picture popped in my, my memories recently was, was what got me thinking about it. And it's like, you know, I, you know, if, it, you know, not, not that I have an oculistic mentality at all, but it was really just kind of a reminder of my own nothingness. And yet at the same time, and I know, I know, you know, we, we don't have the same views religiously, but I do know that we have, we share a view in that, you know, we, we believe that there's a creator of some kind, you know, and, and I know, I know that we, we share that. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, there's all of this grandeur and all of this magnificence. And yet there was still time. Um, there was still time, you know, to, to, to make a little speck like this, you know, and, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, there's, so there, there's that. I just, you know, um, I don't know. I just, it's, it, it's interesting to think, what you know what you, you know where where we actually lie in all of this um i i think it's fun to to kind of kick around you know perspective building things and uh, you know cadence i think you know it's interesting for me to to think about you know from from a a high schooler's perspective how do you gauge your own perspective like like how do you gauge where you fit in the grand scheme of everything or do you do you even think about it i mean again not really <laughs> i i don't really think about like how or like what or like how insignificant or significant my existence is i mean like personally like it's kind of like the mentality of like yeah i'm gonna do this it's not gonna matter in 100 years <laughs> 
like and like to an extent you know it's pretty good i mean like i do something embarrassing it's not gonna matter in 100 years so like why dwell on it i know like you know and i know that i don't i don't you know add much to like the grand scheme of things but just like you know the possibility of me adding something into like you know the, the big screen of uh, the uh, grand scheme of things is like you know enough to keep me going because like i mean I don't know what's some random person like Marilyn Monroe. We all know who Marilyn Monroe is, and like I don't know what year she was, but I know that she existed. <laughs> right. And so like, like the possibility that like you know someday I could become as big as Marilyn Monroe. Like people are not gonna know like what year I was set, but like they're gonna know who I was. And like, like assuming that I do something grand. But like, I don't really, I don't really think about it too much. Cause like, I just, there's, there's no need to like, I mean, me, me thinking and dwelling on the fact about how insignificant, like I am to like, you know, the grand scheme of things is not going to add anything to my geometry test. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you're talking about points versus lines versus rays versus all of that. So, I mean, there's, you know, there, there's that side of it, but yeah, no, I, you know, and, and I understand what you think, and, and you're right, I think, in that, you know, you don't really want to dwell on your insignificance. I don't think that's, I don't think that's good. No. You, you know, you know, to, to dwell on the fact that oh, I'm nothing, you know, because I, you know, that, that leads to a whole, whole other set of problems, and I just, you know, but I, you know, I, I, I think that that kind of bringing everything full circle and bringing it back to kind of where we are and how all of this fits together is you know you made a lot of friends over the summer in um you know in iowa and you have friends now from iowa from minnesota from nebraska things like that um do you ever think about that or do you ever just or to you is it just a network of friends do you, you don't do focus on like the geographical side of it no i just i go yep friends now and we communicate over phone like it's it's quite literally like i don't know how to explain it my i think the way that my mind works is like very different than the way like most adults well i mean obviously i'm a kid but like you know just generally my mind works differently than like most adults. Cause like most adults, you get like a friend that's like from like really far away and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a friend from really far away. I get a friend that's really far away and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a friend. And we talk over the phone. And like, cause like I have a great friend, great friend. She's from Iowa, love her to death. And I just, I never think about it. Like sometimes I think about the fact like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna like see you in person until like February, but like, or like maybe not even February, like, June. <laughs> and, but like, I just, I don't think about that. I say, yep. Friends now over the phone. Like for me, cause like, you know, we live in like very spaced out rural, uh, rural. And so like most of my friendships generally over the phone anyways, I only see them like, you know, on average five days a week for only about eight hours on a good day. And so like, most of most of my friendships are over the phone anyways and so if i you know having a bunch of those friends that i made over summer being way far away we still all communicate really well like we all communicate the exact same way that we did in person just 
over the phone. We have a group chat. We have a huge group chat of 41 people and we all still communicate exactly the same way. <laughs> right. And it's, so like, it's, I don't, I just, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I don't know how to explain it. I just don't think about it. It's just people that I know that happened to be communicating over internet. It's funny. Like I was just thinking, um, so I had to step away for a couple of minutes and grab a jumper. The sun went behind the clouds and now I'm a bit cold. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. um, you sort of like that whole thing about, you know, you have a friend and it's not really about where they're from. It's just, you know, you, you have a friend. That made me think about this, you know, the whole concept of making friends. And really when it does boil down to it, the most surprising thing to me wasn't really that I've made friends with someone from Oklahoma. It's that the surprise that I've made a friend because I think when I really think about it, the majority of my friendships um, that I have were formed a long time ago. Um, you know, can, like I think, think about John, Johnny, um, who I podcast with, I've known John since I was seven. So it's 24, 24 years that I've known John. Um, you know, obviously my brother, who's, you know, you know, one of the best friends I've ever had. Um, you know, I've known him since he was born. Um, you know, um, so it's a long time. So I guess when I really think about it, it is it is funny, you know, that I always think, oh, it's amazing that I made a friend on the other side of the world. No, it's it's kind of just amazing that I made a friend at all because I, I don't know about you, David, but I definitely feel like as I've gotten older, making acquaintance, and like, you know, me saying, oh, I've gotten older. I mean, I have scientifically gotten older. I'm 31, you know. It's definitely older than I was when I was 16 or 20 or 30. Um, won't be as old as I am when I'm 32, for instance. Um, just just basically, you know, informing the listener how the you know chronology of age works. Um, <laughs> like... It's very easy to make acquaintances. I've only made a few friends since I crossed like 18. It, you know, it's, if I think about people who I, who I speak to every day, like since I've, since I was 18, I might've made three friends, you know, whereas right. when, I was, when I was a kid, I made a lot of friends. So I think, I think if I really boil it down, yeah, that's probably what's more surprising really than, and I think it's, I think I'd be interested to get your thoughts. I mean, both of your thoughts um, specifically from, from the perspective, like you're someone David who has moved from being a teenager to being an adult. So I'm kind of interested in your, have you found that harder? Is there something about becoming an adult that 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 hardens us against making friendships? About you know the being able to be vulnerable with other people. Well, I I think in that aspect I've actually kind of gone the other way, mm -hmm. um, because when I was a teenager, you know, I kind of had to put on this facade of yeah everything's okay with my life when it really wasn't. Yeah. Um, and so there there was that. And now that I'm 44, I'll be 45 in a couple months. I don't care. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, yeah. I, I mean, 
yes, I mean, I care what's going on in my life, but I don't care, you know, I don't care if people know. And, and you know, and, and I think there, you know, so there's that. Uh, I'm much more outgoing now than I used to be. And, um, but I think I'm right along with you in that I've made a lot of acquaintances, mm. but friends, not so much. And, and I'm, I'm very much the same way. I, you know, I know a lot of people, but people that I call friends, that number goes way, 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 way down. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the joke and, and cadence and my wife joke about it all the time is because I'll talk to anybody mm. and like the joke is I'll meet someone for the first time and they'll make bets with each other as to um, if I'll find out their name, how many kids they have and when their daughter's getting married, if I get an invitation to the wedding and like they'll, they'll do this. And um, it's funny because then I'll walk in and they'll ask me all these questions. So what's his name? And I'll tell them. And they'll, well, how many kids do you have? And I'll tell them, like, well, how, you know, and, and it's just, you know, I, I'm able to do that. Mm. Does that make a friend? No, that's making conversation. Mm. I can make conversation. Making friends is much, much more difficult. I mean, I've, I've shared things with you that like two other people on the planet maybe know, mm. you know, and, you know, that, that, so, you know, that's a whole different thing. Um, and, you know, working in a, not only a, a high school setting, but also a university setting, watching that dynamic, it's very different. Like I know what Cadence, like Cadence's friendship process versus my friendship process, very different. Mm. And, you know, I, you know, and then, you know, looking like at the university kids, that's different. And they're not kids, they're adults. Um, but, you know, look, looking, looking at the university students, same thing. It's like, golly, you know, I, you know, if I had to do that today, could I do it? Probably not. Mm. You know, because it, you know, it, on top of the fact that I'm no longer 14, it's also not 1988 anymore. Mm. And so, you, you know, that, you know, that's, that's very different as well. And so, you know, it's, you know, I don't know if I had to go back and do it in 2021, could I? Probably not. Mm. Yeah fully <laughs> it's, it's very weird thinking about how how yeah how it changes I, thinking about a thought um i was thinking about a thought very deep jake um i was thinking, <laughs> i had a, i had a thought earlier about you know like adult adulthood and how there's no there's a guarantee that we will get older but there's no guarantee that we will grow, you know? And I was thinking about this sort of stuff, you know, as it regards to, I guess, being able to have compassion and all that sort of stuff as an adult and, and those sorts of things. It's, it's weird because we kind of have that, like when you're a kid, like you have all this compassion. Like if you see another kid hurt, or struggling or whatever, you know, as a kid, you want to go and help, you know, you, like I see that all the time, like, and my son is very compassionate in that way. If he sees someone, you know, struggling, it's like, Oh my God, what can I do for this person? And I think he would do that for anybody. And it's like, we go through this process of losing that. And then we go through another process that, you know, that's the, the journey 
that we're kind of all invited to to undertake is to find it again. It's like we we lose that through a series of experiences. For me, like it was early twenties, I felt like I got burned by a lot of people, and and then so you know you lose that inherent trust that maybe I had when I was a little bit younger. Um, and there are good lessons to be learned, I think, that I've retained, being able to set boundaries and that sort of thing, and understanding that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, it's like you have to locate that inherent sense of compassion that we all have as well, you know, and it's like being, there's a vulnerability to that, that we have to allow ourselves to feel again. Um, yeah, I feel like we actually have that. And that's a weird thing for me. Twenties were really hard getting closer to 30 and then being 30 like that. It hasn't, doesn't feel like it's got easy, but it, but one thing I thought I came away with from turning 30 and then turning 31 and stuff was like, Oh my God, I feel like all of this is to do with getting back to what I liked to do when I was a kid, you know, all the activities I enjoyed as a kid, you know, whatever that was making movies or like, I love writing. I love story creating and all that sort of thing. I, I liked, I used to make fake radio shows on a tape recorder. That's all the stuff I've, got, I've gone back to, you know what I mean? That's the stuff that's remained true is like, I love storytelling and I love doing podcasts, which is essentially making up radio stations uh, on tape cassettes. Um, and this middle period was like, I don't know, what, what, what was that all about? It was like throwing out all the stuff and going, no, nah, it's not that. It's definitely not that. No, I'm more than that. I'm better than I, I can do. And then you work out one day, oh, no, actually, the stuff I like to do when I was six, I actually still kind of dig that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, six-year-old me kind of had it figured out. Um, but 26-year-old me, you know, screwed it up complicated it you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know it, it's interesting because you know i was the same way like like i was good until about 22 yeah. 22 23 and then all of a sudden i'm like no i don't like this and so i went like on this weird detour like and like i had all sorts of stuff yeah. and then like i hit 29 and i'm like no let's go back yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You, you've done whatever it is that you just did you know now <laughs> now let's let's go back now whatever and, that weird interlude know, was <laughs> right exactly well you know and you, you you talk about six i started composing music at age six hmm. well that's what i do now <laughs> yeah know? yeah I, I, I compose i compose music and teach people how to hit stuff that's yeah. you know <laughs> i i was doing that at six yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> I was six. I was probably like eating dirt. Oh. Well, once you get back to thirty, you can eat dirt again. It'll be fantastic. Like it's, a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with all I mean, so that's. Sorry, you go. <sighs> no, I say except she's gonna be doing it on the other side of the world. <laughs> that's right. There's great dirt all around the world. Um, the world is built on dirt. dirt. Is do you I, I was thinking the other day like um and this is such an I was gonna 
I've got to stop calling myself an old man because I'll make myself feel like an old man if I keep talking, telling myself <laughs> I'm an old man. But I remember your co-host is 13 years older than you. So this is like this is like a, this is actually a perfect podcast because the age differences between all of us kind oh, of you, yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. It kind of works out roughly. What are you you're 40? Do you say you're turning 40? I'm 44. I'll be 45 in December. Okay. So there's like 14 years and then, but there'd be more than 15. Anyway, point being, you know, there's an interesting <laughs> gap between all of us. Um, He's a math maker, Cadence. Yeah. I'm so, I'm, oh, yeah. I love math. It's just really my thing. I'm a numbers. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> um, I like the philosophy of numbers, but I don't like numbers um you like them in principle yeah i like the idea it's really it's a great idea um i i realized too the other day like excitement like it's been a long time since i felt the excitement of doing something new you know since i went into something i remember being like 18 19 this is when i started making movies like semi professionally or you know my brother and i were making a first feature film and it was just like the world is a, is is you know that old thing the world is my oyster you know i can just do it you know whatever it is if i push the universe will sort of open these opportunities to me across my 20s it's been an experience of okay i'm gonna stop pushing here uh the universe is a cruel and dark place um <laughs> i mean that's not 100 percent, but but then just recently, you know, I've started thinking again, maybe it's the COVID thing about like, maybe it's time to push that again. And, and maybe it's time to start experimenting with life again and like allowing myself to be, to be vulnerable in that excitement of, of, of new things, of new adventures. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I just remember always thinking about the, you know, everything seemed possible at one point then for a long time things didn't seem very possible and now i'm coming back into the the vibe of everything being possible again but it's been a weird it's been a weird journey it's been a very weird journey <laughs> this has I, been a very interesting discussion i really you know, enjoyed it we it's been a lot of fun and you know what I, i'm sitting here now think about it you know we never credited zach abel for the awesome intro music <laughs> yeah well you have now um, you have now and i have it, now it's a cracker of a track it's a cracker of a track <laughs> it is really good um and we we all did the obligatory dance but man this is this has been an interesting we we knew we needed to do one because it's been good grief almost a month mm since we did one and we're like you know what are we, what are we gonna do i don't know let's just go <laughs> and I, you know it's, it's turned out pretty good and you've got the numbers but we've got to be almost two hours in at this point aren't we yeah yep almost a two hour Oof. one half a rogan um, <laughs> yeah well will i will i will i play that funky outro music this feels yeah. This feels like lunchtime for me and I don't know what time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's almost midnight. <laughs> wow. I think really um 
always nice to chat with you, David. Always enjoy it. Man, it, it was, was awesome to officially great. meet you and chat, Cadence. Pleasure. So we had um, so I guess before before we head out, just a reminder that we are on Twitter at JD Kind Adventure. Uh, we're on Facebook, Jake and David's Kindness Adventure. Follow us, like us on Twitter. Um, are we on Apple Podcasts or are we just on Spotify? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure we're on Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. Fantastic. Well, give yeah. us a give us a five star rating, and we'll um, we'll bribe you with I don't know some apple cider or something. That's um, right. But yeah, no. <laughs> uh, until next time, uh, this is David signing out, reminding you that uh, in this world where you can choose to be anything, choose to be kind. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>